Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast of Yaxi. I'm here, as always, with Jared. How's it going, Jared? Going very well. It's going very well. How are you? Uh, not bad. Getting ready to close out another week here. So uh, getting into a brand new week. Um, obviously, we just got off of some uh, exciting uh, content from the MCU uh, with uh, – specifically the finale of She-Hulk and then World by Night. But uh, today, we're going over uh, episodes 7, 8, and 9 of She-Hulk, as well as reviewing uh, uh, World by Night. So, And we certainly have a lot to say on those projects, because, uh, boy, were they interesting. And uh, so, yeah, that's basically the agenda today. Uh, we are going to start off with She-Hulk, just so that we can get uh, the, uh, some of the episodes out of the way here to lead up to the finale uh, coverage. And then we have Werewolf by Night to close us out here. So, uh, yeah, we're going to start with uh, episode seven. So this was um, rather the more instinct. I want to say, I don't, I mean, I don't want to throw shade at it because I actually liked it a lot, but like it was one of the more insignificant ones compared to episodes eight and nine. Uh, Jared, and this was the one with the retreat. What did you think of this one, Jared? All right, so with this, it was not bad at all. I think this is one of the better She-Hulk episodes, but it was not good. You know, it, I think it was better than episode, if I'm remembering correctly. The nine episodes kind of throwing me off, so if I get an episode wrong. It, I think it was better than episode, like, five, but it just wasn't really, as you said, it was more insignificant. And I thought it got way better when I got to the seventh. And then I'll talk about the seventh and eighth later. But you mean eighth and ninth? Uh, sorry, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm used to, I'm like thinking about an eight like episode series, but it's actually yeah. nine. Yeah. Uh, the seventh to the eighth, it got a lot better. Um, the retreat, it, it was fun. It was definitely interesting to see that whole thing and how Emil Blonsky has, you know, kind of transformed everything. There was a couple fun characters in in there who you brought in. Yeah. And overall, it was, it was just a, it was a, it was a decent episode. It was a fun little time suck that you could just, you know, take out of your day and just watch. But I, I wouldn't say there was anything really to really go in and talk about in that episode when, you know, you get to episode eight and that's when it really gets exciting. Yeah. Well, so I actually think that if I were to do a uh, top five of the list of the best episodes of She-Hulk, this would certainly be top five because for me primarily, and look, I for one have enjoyed the show. Has it been my favorite? No, but I've certainly enjoyed it. Um, and I think that one of the key significant factors to me enjoying it is the, uh, such the the uniqueness of the characters that we've been that we've uh, been being introduced to, and that was basically key for this episode. As you got like you know Porky Pine Man, I don't know if that was the correct name for it, but we got um, L and Kia or something like that, and then you had uh, Manbull. So um, those were all cool characters. I I I'm trying to remember the vampire's name, but he was there as well. So you had those introductions as well, and I liked that how they delved into because those are comic book characters. While they're like more like D level comic book characters, they they are still there. So it was great to uh, delve into that. But then obviously you had Abomination, and I think Abomination has been a one big highlight uh, in this show. So I was glad to see more of, especially in Emil Blonsky's form. I, he tends to be more entertaining um, when he's not in abomination form. So I really liked, I really liked hearing more of him. And um, I, I personally thought it was one of the one of the biggest reasons why I thought it was the best, one of the better episodes, is because it truly del- delved into the character development of Jen Walters. You know, you had you had her give her speech about how everybody likes in front of that, in that retreat, you had her give a speech about like, you know, basically what the show centered around um, with her life as She-Hulk and especially with her romantic life with other men, you know, they only like She-Hulk, but they don't like Jen. So we got to see her like kind of get, see that more emotional side of her. So I did appreciate that. Um, 
and yeah, overall, I actually like the episode. I think it was a great, uh, a great step in the direction for episodes eight and nine, which I'm certainly going to praise a lot here. So I, I think that, you know, it's, it certainly was the turn. I, I, I want to say the turning point for the show, because I know that we kind of did have some criticisms about episode five and six, but I, and I know that you did have some criticism in this episode as well, but I want to say this one kind of, it kind of turns things around for me um, or like corrects the pacing or the, like corrects the path of the show, because I did enjoy the first couple episodes as well. So yeah, I, I, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Jared, is there anything else you wanted to add about episode seven? I would like to say, you know, it's very nice that we get to see some really minor characters. They they took precedence in bringing out a lot of good, a lot of minor characters, and you know they kind of add. I think they add a lot to the show. These, you know, as you said, like D level comic book characters, even though they're small, they added a ton to the show. And I think the cameos, to me are the best part of the show by far. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, there's certainly... I, I think that in a show that has struggled to get, like, the um, men- majority of people behind behind the whole concept of the show, I think that the cameos certainly do help. Um, so, yeah, and I do appreciate the cameos, but I think that, you know, in a show like this, they kind of were very helpful to overall, like, help people like what continue to watch the show because i would have been concerned if they did not have cameos because you know like what daredevil for example if they did not have that i feel like it would have turned other people away from it as well who who were expecting more cameos in the show i'm not speaking for myself because i mean i would have watched the show still but like just in general um with when you see the fan reception in the show when it's like pretty mixed i i i think the cameos did help so, but yeah, and especially I, I, like I said, I enjoyed the cameos that come out of this episode. And yeah, one other thing we do have to touch on Josh though, because we don't see Josh for the rest of the series. But I, 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 I kind of saw it coming how he was like very suspicious, um, about like you know the the tech the no texting back stuff like that. Um, and I think that at that point I kind of knew we both knew that something was happening. Um we didn't know what per se, but then when it was revealed that he got her DNA and stuff like that, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of when it started to make sense about his role in the intelligentsia. So, um, yeah, Jared, I'm assuming you don't have much to touch on it. I'm not Josh aspects. Nope. All right. So, yeah, we're going to move to episode eight and this is, I want to say these, episodes eight and nine here at least from my perspective are where things certainly start to like to take us on like uh like a, one big joyful roller coaster with the show at least for me um because i personally had a blast with these last two episodes uh so episode eight is the introduction to daredevil so this is or sorry the reintroduction to daredevil so this is obviously a daredevil and she hulk centric episode uh Jared, what were your thoughts about this episode? This episode was 100% my jam. I love this episode. It was my favorite episode in the series. Spoiler alert, episode 9 was not. This is my favorite episode by far. It was entertaining the entire time. The number one thing I've heard, I talked to two of our friends. not going to name names. But they both said that the fact that She-Hulk and Matt Murdock hooked up was just absolutely awful and you know am i happy about it i'm not like overjoyed screaming jumping up and down yes well but, that would be that would be weird yeah I, i'm weird. not gonna lie that I would mean, be weird i just kind of pushed it off to the side because it was entertaining nonetheless it was just super super entertaining everything about it was entertaining and daredevil is just such an entertaining character he's witty he's funny he's super acrobatic and I'm glad they showed that because in the comics he is super acrobatic and in the Daredevil show they didn't show that a ton you know when she she slammed on the building and then he he backflipped to get away from the crash 
that isn't shown as much in the Daredevil show, and I'm glad they showed it here because it really shows how good his hearing is and what he can do with it. But it was just it was just so good. I really, 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 really liked it. And honestly, another spoiler, he was my favorite character in She-Hulk because I just Daredevil was an awesome character and I love him. I, he, he's just an amazing character. He portrayed everything that I wanted to in an action series like this. And I think it was perfect. Yeah, so he, here's like the I I mean I don't know what's what I liked more between eight and nine, but I think that you know I, I it seems like I did like episode nine more than you, given that reaction you just had. But um, regarding uh, Daredevil, just in this series in general, it was awesome. I mean, cameo aside, they, first of all, glorified cameo because it certainly was more than just a cameo. In my opinion, matter of fact, I wouldn't even classify him as a cameo. That's like borderline. Because he did have a significant role to play in episode eight, and he was there in episode nine. But uh, I think that you know, specifically regarding episode eight, um, first of all, let let's just briefly go going over the fact that they hooked up. I don't see any problem. If you have a problem with that, that just I I don't know why you would have a problem. Like that's kind of first of all, it's not really your. I, I mean, I I know they're they're characters, and obviously. But, I mean, it doesn't really, in, in regards to them hooking up, it doesn't really matter what you think. It's obviously how they feel about each other. And I personally think that it was, um, it, first of all, the relationship is great. Um, I can't tell if the relationship is going to go further after the series. I hope it does. But, I mean, they're both great for each other. I mean, their, their chemistry is fantastic. So, I don't know why, you know, I, I don't think... I mean, in regards to the friends we talk to, and I know, Jared, you, I know those people you talk to. Um, it's a ridiculous criticism because, I mean, personally, like I said, I think they're good for each other. Um, and I, I wanted to because, like, they're, they're just what you saw when they were fighting, uh, when they were fighting even against each other, that, you know, their chemistry was just on point. Obviously, that you kind of got that romantic connection between them earlier on as well. And when Matt got the walk of shame, I thought that was funny too. So I thought that the whole romantic aspect of it was phenomenal. And it was a great, great use of the Daredevil and She-Hulk relationship, in my opinion. Like, it, 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 I, it didn't feel like it was just, it, like, it felt like it, it feels like it should continue after the show. And not just to be put in uh, just for gags. Uh, because I feel like it was a significant part of their story. Um, so that that's that. Um, and like I said, you can totally dislike that if you want. Like I know some people do. But like I, I don't see why that's – that's a silly thing to criticize in my opinion out of basically everything in the show. And it's totally – and it's totally – and this is going over uh, overall my main aspects that I liked about Daredevil of the show. Um, it's totally, it was, I totally felt like it was Matt coming from the Daredevil show. Now, I haven't watched all of them. I've only watched the first season, but I got to tell you, Matt, if anything, seemed better than, uh, the show. You know, he, he's kind of that, like, uh, flirtatious type guy, obviously, especially with how he was flirting with Jen. So he still has that aspect, um, much more athletic than I've ever seen him which is fantastic. I think the agility that he performed was fantastic, especially when he was jumping off of those buildings and stuff like that. Um, the costume, ph- phenomenal. I loved the costume. Um, I want to see more of that costume, to be honest. I mean, I would like to see kind of a mix of sometimes his red outfit and then that outfit that he was wearing in She-Hulk because I thought that was great. And uh, yeah, I just liked, just overall, I think that the inclusion of Daredevil was fantastic in this. Um, the leapfrog guy, that was quite funny. I actually did. So while I've been kind of like, while I don't tend to laugh out loud a lot, um, the stuff with leapfrog actually was quite enjoyable, and quite comical. And it was just, it, I mean, he, he was designed to be stupid and he, they did a great job portraying that. And obviously with Hedgeman and stuff, it gave action scenes between Daredevil and Shield. So yeah. I honestly, I, I quite 
quite enjoyed it. Um, J- Jared, anything else to add before we actually go to the ending of the episode? No, I think it was a good episode. It was a good episode. Yeah, now I, we just do, I do still want to cover. Uh, actually, no, I'm just going to tie that in. But uh, yeah, obviously we'll be talking about Daredevil for episode nine. But uh, so, yeah, I would say that was my favorite one. One of my favorite ones as well. Either episode. Nine. So, uh, but with episode nine, this is where things got really interesting. Because I'll tell you that um, prior to watching this, I did not know what was going to happen. I did not know if we were going to get a rush finale. I did not know if we were going to get finale. I didn't really know what was going to happen just in general. And then after watching it, I was like, I, I, I might, I was quite blown away. And I'm going to tell you why during my first reaction. But Jared, after watching the finale, what did you think of it? All right. I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. This episode, the best way I can describe it, like the best way, is that it was insanely contrived. Now, what do I mean by it was insanely contrived? I mean that it felt like they built up every single thing in this show just to do meta commentary on what goes on behind the scenes at Marvel. And I didn't like it. I really, it just didn't jive with me. I, I'm a sucker for traditional shows. And I think that they were actually building up a good ending, you know? Obviously, when the Hulk came in, I didn't like that. And I'm glad that she corrected that with her, like, super fourth wall breaking. But just the, the, the meta commentary on everything. And they still had most of those things happen. Like, I, I just think it was a little BS on, you know, had they made this entire show of, oh, you know, even from episode, what, three, they were trying to steal her blood. And, you know, that went literally nowhere. A ton of this stuff. It's just like... It didn't make any sense to me. It was, they ended up, she ended up going outside of her show, obviously, and that was interesting. And she went going to Kevin, which, you know, I don't really understand that and why they would do it. The K-E-V-I just didn't really make make sense to me. I may be like an inside joke for behind Marvel or people who are super like fiends. And then they ended up having just as much of a rushed ending, in my opinion, with the entirety of what Hulk was doing explained away in, like, a cookout, which I really didn't like either. It was just, even though I'm complaining a ton, it does not make a bad episode. Everything that I just complained in literally happened within, like, what, one minute? The rest of the episode, I actually kind of liked it. It was very, like when I realized that everyone is in the same place, like that convention was being held in the same place. It was, it was like, Whoa, wait, what? And, you know, obviously that kind of makes sense with the no cell phone policy. She couldn't reach him, you know, and obviously Emil doing the, you know, doing stuff for money where he's at intelligentsia. Obviously you had the Hulk King. It, It was just, I don't know. It was incredibly contrived for me. And it, but honestly, it's it's a me problem. That is the definition of a me problem. That does not mean that the show is bad or the episode is bad. It just didn't jive with me. And that's that's my honest opinion. I don't, I don't really know. I really wish that I, you know, I, I just didn't really like the meta commentary that was going on. And I kind of wish that they had pursued the original ending that they, but they kind of threw out the plot points that they created previously and I didn't really like that but you know that's definitely me problem so yeah I'm gonna have to disagree on basically almost everything you just said that's not me taking a J I totally the last part you just said is perfectly it's not for everybody um here's why it was 100% for me oh I'm gonna go through because I will I'll start off with this it was my second favorite finale I've ever watched of a, of a Marvel show. Um, that's me saying second is because Kang the Conqueror showed up in Loki 
uh, Loki's finale. Let's say Kang did not show up in Loki's finale. Uh, this finale would have been my favorite. Because what they... For, first, let me just say this. Everything that you saw with the She-Hulk finale is exactly what She-Hulk does from the comics. That is not something that you just throw in there just to throw in there with no backstory of why she is doing that. In the comics, she has gone to scriptwriters and she has she, she has done intense wall breaking that involves with with addressing the scripts or this addressing the story of the show. So, I actually I found that out after after doing research on it because I was like, okay, well that's 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 certainly interesting. Let's see if that actually happened for the comics. That happened. So everything that you saw She-Hulk do in this episode was from the comics. Now, that is not me trying to say, well, okay, so th- this is why you need to why you need to accept this for what it is. No, you can certainly dislike this. And I totally understand why people would not be into the meta stuff like this. However, I, coming from somebody who loves fourth wall breaks, literally have watched many shows with fourth wall breaks. Um, it was a, it was a pleaser for me because the way that I've never seen, and we're probably not going to see it unless you see some Deadpool shenanigans in Deadpool three that are the equivalent of this, the way that she was able to punch out of her show, literally, I not figuratively go into a Marvel behind the scenes thing on Disney plus, which was such an amazing visual Talk to the literally the writers of the show, which they those were the writers of the show and the people behind the show. Go through the Marvel office that actually was the Marvel office, and then speak to a robot named Kevin. Which I really wish we got the real Kevin Feige, but still, the robot named Kevin who did have her baseball cap on was fantastic, in my opinion. Um, I thought that was brilliant. I think that is a brilliant use of a character who's designed to be a fourth wall breaker. If you don't like the fourth wall breaker, that's totally fine. But if you do, and if you have been following the show, you know that she's a fourth wall breaker. So this is in her area of literally her area of how Stanley himself designed her. You would know that this is, this is totally up her alley. And I, I enjoyed every second of it. Um, and regarding what takes place outside of this fourth wall breaking, um, it, I, ha- I mean, I have to say that it all makes sense because you have uh, that, that basement with the, where the, I think that's where the retreat was. I'm actually not sure now, though. But where that fight scene took place in the beginning, um, I was getting concerned because I did because with um, Todd uh, turning into Hulk, with Titan with Titania coming in randomly, with Abomination having having a last second plot turn there, and with Hulk coming in, that was going to be a mess real quick. What they decided to do with that was address the errors within that scene, and I thought it was brilliant. Like that's that's just me saying from my perspective, since I like that meta stuff, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And then obviously uh, you had uh, Daredevil at the end there. So that was great. And I loved how uh, Jen was able to add uh, Daredevil in there like that. And then uh, you have Hulk's son. And we're going to talk about where that leads in, in a second. But uh, yeah. I love this, Jared. I know you don't feel the same way, and that's totally fine. But I think, like I said, I stand by my statement that while She-Hulk is not my favorite show, these last two episodes in general have certainly picked it up and, ma- and made it uh, one step of a more entertaining watch for me. Because it, it was the, that finale was perhaps one of the cre- – first of all, probably the greatest thing I've seen in Marvel. Second of all, one of the most creative, uh, what one of the most creative scenes to the uh, to an end of a television show I've I've ever watched. So yeah, Jared, I'm gonna give it to you to fi- finish up with your uh, reactions about that. See, 
I, I think that what I said earlier perfectly highlights that. If you like the meta commentary stuff and you like this super, super intense fourth wall breaking, you will like it 100%. And they do that well. It's just that I don't enjoy that. It's just not my type of thing. Like, with Deadpool, I haven't read the Deadpool comics, but the most that Deadpool has done in the movies is addressed the audience and made a few, cracked a few jokes. Never done anything this serious. And I think that's kind of the of where I want it to be and where I enjoy it. Is you know, the offhand comment and not the, you know, insane meta commentary on the script, on everything like that. You know, the maybe one offhand snarky comment about something. You know, and sometimes do that about Fox and like something like that. You know, like like those, those offhand snarky comments. I enjoy that, but you know, I'm just not really in tune to the meta commentary. And that's just, again, that's a me problem. And it's not something that I think I can really fix. It's just a personal preference. And obviously, I'm glad that I think that they did they did the meta commentary in a way that would make people who like meta commentary very happy. Like, they did it well. It was executed very well. And it was super, super, super creative. But it just wasn't what I liked. So... But props to them for how they actually executed it, because I don't think they could have executed any better. But, you know, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. No, I totally understand. Um, and I, I know that the show in general was not for everyone. Um, I think the key difference between, you know, me liking it or because, I mean, we're going to go into overall thoughts on the show in a second. So that's where we're going to get to, you know, kind of touch on the show just in general. But uh, me, the difference between me appreciating the show for what it was versus somebody hating the show was that I thought it, I just thought it was tons of fun. And, you know, this finale in specific, specifically um, proves that, in my opinion. So, yeah, that, I, that's just where I'm going to leave it there. Um, the last thing, Jared, that I'm going to want want you to talk about here because this is like something that kind of ties into the end here with Hulk revealing he has a son. Um, uh, Here's because we don't know what's going on in the, well, I mean, we could get an idea, especially with what's going on with Cap 4, but uh, we don't know specifically what's going on with the Hulk universe. Um, If you were to take this uh, revelation that Hulk has a son, obviously Scar, uh, what do you think uh, the n- next direction is for basically all of the Hulks involved here, or may- or just Hulk and Scar, or She Hulk and Hulk and Scar, just whatever? What, where do you- basically, what do you think this revelation means for the future, of, like the Hulk verse in the MCU? All right, so what I would have really liked to happen is for nothing to have been said at all in this entire rest of the series. Not even the end credits. I would have liked for nothing to happen. However, it did. And I'm fine with that. I don't think they're going to settle down and make a happy Hulk family. I think that what is going to happen is something is going to happen with... It's Scar, right? Yes. Something's going to happen with Scar. I don't think they're going to kill him. Um, You know, it's... It would be convoluted and complicated especially killing a kid that's just kind of taboo especially for modern day movies obviously World War Hulk if little little background about World War Hulk Hulk comes back after you know his his wife and his kid being killed then he goes on an absolute rampage and is like just super strong he kills black bolt right but he, he's actually a scroll um there's a there's a bunch of stuff that happens there obviously i don't think that exact kind of course of action would happen but i would love love this to segue into a hulk movie with one thing i would like to get to see non-smart hulk again whether that means that bruce gets her ability of transforming seamlessly or something happens i would just like for that to really really you know go back into its original form. I, th- I think that it can go so many ways, though. It just depends on if they want to incorporate uh, Scar into 
the MCU or used him at like there's a difference between incorporating and using. If they used him as a device to forward another movie, that would be fine with me. But you know, and if they use him as a if they uh, incorporate him into a team or just as the minor character in other movies, I would be fine with that as well. There's a bunch of ways that they can go with this, and I would be happy with a lot of stuff. But my one thing that I think is going to happen, and I also very much hope is going to happen, is that Scar is that Scar will influence a not necessarily a World War Hulk movie, but just another Hulk movie because I think they need to redeem themselves. So yeah, um, way earlier on when we first started reviewing the episodes, I thought I had a hunch that this is why Hulk was going to leave Earth to bring back his son from this comics, that son being Scar. Um, and I think that, I believe, I touched on the fact that it could set up a World War Hulk storyline. Now, here's the thing. I Kind of from now on, I'm going to refrain from using the term war, World War Hulk because I don't know that's the correct term for it, especially since I do think it's going to be lower scale, whatever happens with the Scar and Hulk stuff. However, it certainly should tie it it, like you said, I like how you said it should not just be a straight up Hulk family living their best life. That is absolutely not how this should be played about. Um, there is more story um, to be told uh, between Scar and Hulk and possibly with Scar being a catalyst to, like you said, uh, non-smart Hulk coming back and like uh, more of the... Uh, more that obviously real threatening and and um, endangering Hulk. So, yeah, that's where I hope. I mean, the, you you pretty much summed it perfectly. So I cannot really um, say any better than what you just said. It should lead to something more interesting than just you know Hulk having a son. Yay! Um, but yeah, when you when you look when 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 you look at um, this thing this uh uh this scene um you could obviously tell that there's more of a whole story to be told so i just hope it goes somewhere uh significant and in it finally kind of pushes hulk back into the spotlight because he's kind of been out of that avenger spotlight for a while now so this could bring him put it this could put him back in the spotlight so and regarding she when as far as she hulk's concerned i certainly think first of all she's going to be in more projects we certainly have not seen the last of her after all she is an inventor from the comics i would not be surprised to see her in king dynasty and secret wars so yeah we're looking i'm looking for it i'm looking forward to seeing more of her in the mcu as well and hopefully she has more of a dynamic with hulk as well in the future and then obviously uh seeing her interact with scar potentially could be quite fun so, uh, yeah, Jared, anything to touch on with the She-Hulk show as a whole now that we've gone this far? I would like to say uh, the, the, the only complaints I've had about this show is, like, episode, like, wait, what were the episodes that were kind of, like, they felt like filler? Was it four and five or three and four? I would say... I mean, four was entertaining, but I would still call that filler. So I would say four, five, and six. Yeah. So, like, the only complaints I have had about this and show seven, were a little seven. bit of four and five. And then the end. Like, this was a good show overall. And I honestly would put it above uh, some of the shows that Marvel have put out. And that ending, I would say it was below Hawkeye, Loki. And Moon Knight, but I think it was probably the fourth best ending. I think it was better than Miss Marvel's ending, and I think it was better than uh, every other show's ending that we've had. I just like, you know, there was literally only like one minute of it that I didn't like. The rest of it, I think, was very good, and it was leading up to a very good place. They could have done it differently, and I'm not angry that they did it the way they did because obviously, I'm not the only person that. Like it, it would be selfish of me to want them to do it a completely different way when other people enjoyed it. That like it's a me problem, and it's not saying that they did something wrong. Like they obviously did something correct if people are enjoying it. It's just not my type of thing. So, I mean, if you, I don't know why you have watched it this far already, but go and watch it. Go and watch it. It might be your thing. You never know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, 
like I've said before, the show's not for everybody, and I totally understand that. But uh, I, for one, thought it was fun. I mean, I, I when I compare this to other shows, um, I don't know. I would probably give this the edge over something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for me personally. Um, definitely, I what if? I, 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 what if? Definitely. Um. I'm trying to the only I mean I I enjoyed Loki, Moon Knight and Hawkeye's probably significantly more so those are certainly still in my top 3. Um the question now is whether She-Hulk uh WandaVision uh, um probably is I, I I would say WandaVision is the one that's like closely matched with She-Hulk in terms of the likability factor on my end. By the way, Ms. Marvel is uh, probably my top four still makes up Ms. Marvel, not in, in not in any particular order, by the way. Uh, Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, uh, Loki, and Hawkeye, and then She Hulk and WandaVision can kind of go hand in hand there. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly not my least favorite show that I've watched. I mean, that's just me being yeah. I I and I thought it was a very fun show, and it's going to be. I I do have a feeling it's going to be something that I go back and rewatch when I'm. What, when I'm way older, and uh, I'm obviously if I if I have kids, then it's probably something that I uh, watch with my kids because it's it's just so fun to watch with other people as well. So, uh, Jared, any other thoughts before we uh, move on here? Nope. All right. So uh, that was our She-Hulk review. Um, we uh, it's it'll be interesting to see when we see She-Hulk next. Uh, but let's go down now to something that, first of all, slid completely under the radar leading up to this, but kind of, I, I don't want to say shocks because I kind of saw that it was going to be, I kind of knew that it was going to, or figured that it was going to be good, but uh, kind of like certainly um, raised to my balls with how, with how in terms of the consensus with how good this was so we were talking about the halloween special that released wow we're doing this a couple weeks actually so it was a couple weeks ago but we're talking about the halloween special called werewolf by night it's the re sorry not reintroduction introduction of uh jack russell as the werewolf by night and it also featured um elsa bloodstone so she's another, she's a more of a popular comic book character, but uh, yeah, it followed this story. Um, Jared, what were your reactions after watching this special with me actually? Uh, because we were watching this together. What, what did you think about it? All right. So I don't know if this is the time for this, but I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to use my golden buzzer on this show. <laughs> Cause all right. I am confident that Wakanda Forever will be good. But this show, I was not expecting how good this show was. This show, there was not a single flaw in this show. I rewatched it again, and it is really good. It was such a unexpected banger. It was so, so good. It was everything about it. It was just even the black and white, you couldn't even like tell because it was dark. It was very grungy. There was so much just... There was artistic value, obviously. It was directed by a composer. It, it was just so entertaining. There was just so much about it that was super, super good. The, every character was fascinating in some way. It was surprisingly gory. There was a lot of gore. Swamp thing, insanely cool. Everything about it was just amazing. It it had perfect flow from beginning to end. All the characters were good, and I'm hoping that we'll get to see more of them in the future. But honestly, I don't even know know if we need to see more of them in the future in other projects because I don't know if they would fit the way that they're really played and the way that this was presented was so different from anything that Marvel has ever done. And I think that really, really, you know, derives down to the the composer who directed it. And 
this is another thing, like kind of like She-Hulk, where it's super different, and you might not like it. Like, I, but I really did. I really, really, really did. This was just such. It was just so good. I didn't expect it at all. It was like it was just some. All right. Oh, this Werewolf by Night special is coming out. It's fifty minutes long on the series. I wasn't really expecting anything when when we were going to go watch it, Rowan, and it was incredible. There was there's I can't I literally cannot think of a single flaw in the entire in the entire special. It was just super super good. After I finished watching it, I I wanted to watch it again. It was amazing. I was it was everything I wanted for a Marvel project. Oh yeah, absolutely. So first of all. Um, if I were you in that position where I still need to press my golden buzzer, I think you made a great call. Fantastic call. I think you made because, um, here's, here's the deal about golden buzzers. And this is going to sound hypocritical of me because I, I golden buzz Spider-Man no way home, uh, for a variety of reasons, but golden buzzers are not always intended to, uh, be pressed on things that are instantly that are you know are just going to be fan favorites what kind of forever you know that's something where uh what kind of forever is something uh where you know we expect it to be good so we you know um and if it is good it's it's you know kind of uh especially given the way that other uh things have been mixed reviews in this phase uh or this year especially um you know you it's 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 also refreshing to give golden buzzers to things that you did not you did not expect to give. So I fully support that decision. Regarding the special itself, awesome, and that's the second thing. It, 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 great choice for a goal. It, it's just a fantastic choice for a golden buzzer. It it was it was awesome. The whole concept of it with going monster hunting, like seriously just that whole topic alone which was the first half of the movie like this i mean the special like this was not um just the, the like there was two plots here two main plots and the first one was very cool with hunting man thing and speaking of man thing is awesome man thing is probably t- top man thing probably just uh got his way into my top 10 favorite marvel characters to be honest cuz that he was amazing um all the all the characters really uh get uh i'm trying to remember his name i the actor's name i think it's like gail garcia bernal or something like that he's who bernal who's from uh he's a popular spanish actor he played jack russell he did a fantastic job He, he you know you could actually sympathize for him with you know him wanting to do good but him also having that uh werewolf uh, by night aspect of him, Elsa, fantastic character. Actually, f- f- absolutely fantastic character. Um, you know, you could sympathize with her too, how she just wants a stone to make her family my name, and then she just wants to leave, and you know, she doesn't want to go through all that bull crap. So it, I just, I, the whole dynamic of the sh- of the special was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, the, when they transformed into color at the end, uh, it, it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, it, it was just a uh, great special. Um, truly one of the best things that I've seen out of Marvel this year. And Jared, obviously, since you've given this a golden buzzer, you, you know that as well. So it, yeah, I, I have nothing else to say other than, than it was fantastic. So Jared, anything else? Uh, well, I'm assuming you do have more you want to add, but what else did you have for Werewolf by Night? Honestly, I don't want to add anything more because this is the most likely thing that people would not watch and still watch the podcast. I like. I'm. We should have put this out in the beginning, like uh, when we started covering Werewolf by Night watch it like it is one of the best like cinematic things that marvel has ever produced it is just it's incredible and i i didn't no one would expect it it was it was an absolute masterpiece and i i really cannot emphasize it enough just go and watch it it's entertaining it's funny it's literally everything there's action it's funny it's 
I, I don't know. I just I really think that you should a hundred percent go and watch it. And there's nothing for me to really say about it other than that. It's just it was really good. There's no negatives in my mind about it, and there's a ton of positives. It's it's probably I would not say it's the best thing that Marvel. Mm-hmm. Not not I'm not saying it's the best thing that Marvel has ever released, but. It's up there with the best in the things that they've released this year, 100%. Uh, obviously, you have big hitters like um, No Way Home, things like that. But this, the ratio of hype to delivery, it's it surpasses anything. Like I was, I was really not hyped for this at all, and it ended up being fantastic. Like No Way Home, I was hyped for it, and it still ended up surpassing my expectations. But this. Because I wasn't hyped for it, it just appeared so much better. Like, it was just so, so good. So, I mean, yeah. I, I Like I said, I really can't go on into detail, obviously, either. Because, like, you know, I've I've watched this three times so far. Let me just start there. I, I've watched this three times. Uh, I plan on watching it again probably on Halloween. Uh, that's just how I, I, I'm... I, you know, I, I, I'm just floored as we both are. Um, here's my other observation, Jared. And I do actually want to get your thoughts on this because I find this interesting because it could very well match up with the type of stuff that we like to see, um, you know, in the MCU. So my golden buzzer was Moon Knight. Your golden buzzer was Werewolf by Night. Um, these are two projects that delved into the supernatural um this was these are two very supernatural heavy things they are violent things they they are obviously they were absolutely two of the more brutal uh projects that come out of this year and they both now with us giving these golden buzzers are uh skipping around in the marvel tournament uh that we will be doing at the end of the year so jared with my obs- and I made this observation while you were doing that, um, while you were obviously doing your review there, uh, and giving it the golden buzzer. With me saying that you know we golden buzz the two supernatural projects that come out of this come out of the uh, MCU. Do you have any or like the first two? Do you have any uh, observations for yourself or like things you would like to add on to that uh, point I just made? I, I I don't really have anything to add. I mean, just I will say one thing, and, it, and it's not like entirely related, but the entire thing about our golden buzzer system, as I said, this is a little unrelated, but not entirely unrelated. The entire thing about our golden buzzer system is it's a game of like, it's kind of a fun game of weighting your expectations and hype. Like, we can't always be like oh the next project is going to be better 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 we have to really look at the project and it makes us think about and honestly i encourage like you guys at home to do this as well it it makes us think about like really how much did we enjoy this project and how will it compare in our own minds to things going in the future and i think that it's just such a fun thing that we actually do and as, as with this, I'm kind of bringing it back to what we were talking about. As with this, as with Werewolf by Night, you know, I, I, I think that I think that Wakanda Forever is going to be good, but I just can't take that. I, I just don't want to take that risk of it being bad, and I still have to use my golden buzzer on it. You know, it's just you got to take the chance when you have it, but Overall, other than that, I know it was kind of a moot point and it wasn't super on the nose, but you know, I don't really have anything else to add other than that. Yeah. So, like I said, Jared, very nice job giving this a golden buzzer. I think it absolutely deserves it, and I think you made a good call. So, uh, yeah. Now, with with all that being said, um, like I said, uh, Moon Knight. And Werewolf by Night, or the which is funny because it has like two, um, two nights in them. That's kind of funny, but um, those two will be uh, skipping around 
when we do the uh, Marvel movie bracket or Marvel actually Marvel project bracket of 2022. So, um, and obviously we'll do that like after um, I believe the guardians of the galaxy holiday special is still set to come out in December. So uh, that'll be the last project, but we still do have uh, Wakanda forever as well that we have to look forward to, which we will be doing a preview of very soon, by the way, maybe as soon as the next episode. So, but yeah, obviously Jared, um, uh, I'm happy that you were, you uh, were given the opportunity to give this the gold buzzer and, uh, yeah, uh, that, that was, uh, quite fun, very fun project. So yeah, Jared, anything else, uh, about, uh, you know, basically this episode as a whole before we wrap up here? No, not really. I would just like to restate, you know, World Fun Night. It is straight up to the top of my underrated Marvel projects. Out of everyone who likes Marvel that I know, only me and you and Aiden have seen it. That's it. Everyone who I know that likes Marvel, we are the only people who have seen it because it was it was pretty underground. Obviously, they announced it in 2023, but it wasn't a massive announcement. Uh, it's such a good project, and if you haven't seen it, go and see it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and you know, if you have Disney Plus, you're in luck because I mean, I, at this point, I would actually wait for Halloween because that would just be really cool to see it on Halloween. But uh, you know, if you if you want to see it earlier, obviously you can see it right now if you want. So yeah, uh, we we thank you guys very much for tuning into another episode. Uh, obviously, I, I I just touch on this, but still to come, we have some uh, we have a kind of forever preview. We also have some news we want to touch on, too. And, Jared, I don't even know if you've heard the most recent news about some of the specifically with casting. But uh, we'll talk, we can obviously talk about that next time you hear from us. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, going into the future here as we move towards things like what kind of forever and uh, stuff like Quantum Mania as well. So uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in once again. And uh, we will see you next time. We will see you next time.